0: No Small Talk, the arts and entertainment podcast for the Arkansas Times. I'm Amaya Jones, and I'm here with Stephanie Smittle.
1: And today, we'll make some recommendations, and I'll talk with Charlie Hunter, a brilliant jazz and blues guitarist whose long career has led him to a modified seven-string guitar, and his approach to collaboration means that his live recordings are often peppered with the sound of his own laughter. He's at the Cal's Ron Robinson Theater tonight as part of the Arkansas Sound Series. That's at 7 p.m. Admission is $10, and you can find tickets at Arkansas Sounds. The Arkansas Times will transition from a print weekly to a glossy monthly magazine and relaunch its popular website in February 2019. This marks a return to the publication's roots. Founded in 1974, the Times published for nearly two decades as a magazine. It transitioned to a weekly in 1992 to try to fill the sizable gap left when the Arkansas Gazette closed. The custom-built news site will include features of the sort you've been accustomed to seeing in the weekly newspaper along with a dynamic, easy-to-navigate to-do list web app that serves as a curated calendar and a greatly expanded offerings of videos, including regular shows. Here's an excerpt of my conversation with Charlie Hunter, a jazz and blues guitarist who's appearing in Little Rock this Friday night at 7 p.m. as part of the Arkansas Sound Series. This was a phone call with Charlie Hunter while he's uh, driving and on the way to the gig, uh, which is why uh, you'll hear a little bit of like maybe a little distortion in the audio. But we hope you enjoy our conversation with Charlie Hunter. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. And we're thrilled that you're coming to Little Rock to play in the Ron Robinson Theater. Heck yeah. (laughs) So, I had a lot of fun watching you in a performance video from April of this year when you just sat next to drummer Carter McLean at, yeah, in, um, Nod Hill Brewery in Ridgefield, Connecticut. And you just played just the two of you, two sets. It's about an hour and a half and the sun is setting behind you. And, I love it because while I've no doubt that you had a plan, there are these moments when you just let out a big laugh and it seems like there's an element of, of play to it. Like, you're like, how long can we keep this going? How long can we have this conversation and what are we going to add to it?
2: Hell yeah, of course. Yeah, that's our, we love it. You know, that's, uh, and you know, Carter and I have been playing together for a while, so we'll, we'll just come up with stuff, you know, it's just, uh, you know you never know what's going to happen really
1: it's it's so free the interplay between the two of you is so free and i also just uh you know i notice you're so modest with your stage patter <laughs> um when you go to take a break you joke for example that your cd's and vinyl are destined for the local connecticut landfill So the audience, the audience should come get them first. Do you? I wonder. I'm sure people ask you about your guitar heroes all the time, but do you have any heroes when it comes to sort of stagecraft and making people feel comfortable in the way that you do? Oh wow!
2: I've never thought about that. I I appreciate it. I don't know. I, I feel like you know, incredibly uncomfortable. I never really come up with. You know, it just depends on the the audience, I guess, and and. How you, your rapport with them, you know? But um, wow, it's it's hard to say. I guess people who just really enjoy uh, playing and enjoy hanging out with the audience, really, which is what I, I love, you know. And uh, I also came up as a street musician, so you know, you kind of you just feel like that. You just start playing, and people will stop walking, and and you you have a moment with with everybody together you know and that's what I like the most Um, so I guess probably most of my role models were people who were street musicians at at that point you know
1: sure sure does it what was it hard for you to get used to a situation where it's a very clearly different dynamic like where you're on an elevated stage um, everybody is paying attention you can hear a pin drop sort of environment well no
2: that's okay, that's easier actually, you know, uh, in, in a lot of ways it, it's easier, you know, at, at that point you just have to make sure that you want people to loosen up, you know, because you know, I mean, I've worked all the quote unquote bad jobs you, you can have and I don't want people who've been working all week to come to the gig and feel like they're going to, to work again, right. you
1: know, right. um, so, you know, so you just got to do your best to just I guess. I wonder if part of the way you do that, too, um, in, a, in a different way, is you have this penchant for these like really lengthy but clever album titles. So your 2010 record is called Gentlemen, I Neglected to Inform You, You Will Not Be Getting Paid. And then uh, there's another called Everybody Has a Plan Until They Get Punched in the Throat. And
2: I, yeah, yeah but throat, I guess throat will work, but mouth is the In the side. mouth,
1: in the mouth, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> is that your way of sort of inviting the audience to maybe not take it so seriously? Yeah, I think so, you know. I definitely think that's my attitude at least, you know. Just let people know where we're starting at least. Right, right. Um... Your instrument itself is a little bit of an anomaly and I understand that it's been kind of a process to get to the, like the current configuration that you have with your current tunings. And, um, I wondered if you could just talk a little bit about that. The the frets are fanned and you use it's seven not, yeah. strings. Yeah, That's
2: a great question. I like that you use the word process because that's really kind of what it's all about, you know, and, and. As I'm playing with different people, I'm doing different things, you know, different aspects of what I need to work on uh, introduce themselves, you know, and uh, then I have to kind of figure out, well, wait a minute, I don't want to approach this. I don't want to approach that. And the instrument has definitely changed over the years. And, you know, I think I continue to change it just to try to find something that's that's more comfortable and, and makes more sense for, you know, the music I'm trying to play and, the stuff that makes me happy and, and hopefully makes the audience happy as well. I'm always kind of pushing it ahead. And you asked about the fan frets, and the fan frets, a big part of that is that, um, you know, like, a, there's so much range in the instrument, you know, it's got most of the bass range and most of the guitar range. So, you know, to get those two to have a pretty decent sound, you, you have to have these fan frets, which basically uh, allow you... Uh, every string has its own scale length, right? So it's about surface area. So the lower you go, the longer the string gets. I don't, I don't like a piano. Does that make
1: sense? Okay, sure, sure. You know, um, and uh, yeah,
2: it's, it's you know, 10 pounds in a five-pound bag. <laughs> it, it's like every time I play a regular guitar, I'm like, ooh, boy, this sure would be fun to do this. <laughs> It sure would be a lot easier technically, you know I'm not going to say that it would be uh, easier musically Because then you get into a whole aesthetic thing And and a a whole thing about, you know Kind of what you have an affinity for And and I just like, I really like to get into a groove And I like to play the blues And, uh, you know, this instrument kind of allows me to do that you know, it's more like driving a truck and, and less like driving a car, so to speak. You know? It it just has a different purpose and does a different thing and, and as through the years, like you said about the process, you know, I've I've just been, you know, developing it and letting it be more what it wants to be rather
1: than me trying to make it be something I can kind of show off on. Right, right. And, and I think what's so refreshing and like endearing about your playing is that it, you're clearly virtuosic, but it doesn't seem like you're there to prove it. And you leave a lot of space between notes. You really let things breathe. And, uh, I wonder, did, did that, has that changed? Like when you first started playing, you've been playing forever. And were you, do you play less notes now than you did when you were younger? Well,
2: you know that's a great question, and and you're obviously a musician too, um, because yeah, I mean I think that uh, you know I don't think I'm a virtuoso. I think I have an affinity for certain things, and and I try to get good at them, you know, and get better at them, and especially get better at the stuff that I really suck at. But um, but you know I could probably technically play a lot more like overt musical information, but. I realize that what the instrument does best is is uh, it creates a nice groove and, and counterpoint in between kind of the whatever you want to call the bass side and whatever you wanna call the guitar side. And ultimately it's not about being independent, it's about being interdependent. And what I what I think I've spent a lot more time on is the convincing uber guitar stuff on it or uber bass stuff but what i can do is play uh uh, you know in in the best of circumstances best case scenarios I, i can play a nice simple bass line and a nice simple guitar line so what i do have control over is is the rests and the space in between and um and that's that's hard too you know um to control that, but that's kind of the ingredient that I have that makes sense on this instrument. So as I get older, I'm less apt to, to play stuff where I cannot not play stuff, if that makes any sense. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it's a lot easier on my brain.
1: Can you talk a little bit about the ensemble that you're coming to Little Rock with? You're, you're bringing in a, a jazz vocalist, uh, Dara Tucker, and percussionist uh, Kaita Ogawa? Yeah, it's funny. Dara, is, she didn't
2: pronounce it as Dara, so Dara Tucker, she's a great singer. Um, she originally came out of more of a uh, church background and got into singer-songwriter and also sings a lot of great jazz as well, so, you know, I don't like to just, uh, kind of in one genre, I'd like to be able to move around a little bit, you know with, with what makes sense um and uh then Kato Oga was a great percussionist slash drummer who uh you know I've had the pleasure of playing with and uh so yeah that's that's who we're coming there with and um we'll see what happens
1: <laughs> uh you work a lot with um you know, you switch up your ensembles a lot and you, you collaborate with a lot of different people, some of whom are, uh, you know, outside of America. And I came across a little bit on your blog about a musician you'd planned to work with, Silvana Estrada, and then you had to change plans when her work visa was, uh, denied. And I wonder, as someone who, who works with a lot of international artists, do you feel um, do you feel politics um impacting you logistically or maybe even in your music? Well, it certainly did with um
2: with this in Silvana's case, it certainly did. Um and, you know, she's a young Mexican woman and uh it wasn't even really a work visa we applied for. We applied we actually applied for two um Thesis uh, which which were just Artist Thesis uh, for a specific tour It wasn't even for like An open um, amount of time You know So um, yeah that was, that was a little harsh And there was really not a lot It didn't make a lot of sense Why she was being denied Because there was not even a lot of money at, Really at stake She wasn't going to stay here She has a career in Mexico City that was really really disappointing, um, and you know, the whole goal with this music thing is to bring people together, you know, and 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 it's all about perception and perspective and and being able to bring that to people. So maybe they've never heard uh, Mexican music before. Maybe they've never met a Mexican person before. Right. You know, and and to me, you know, from my years of playing music on the street and breaking down barriers with people, that. That's really the most important thing about this hustle, this music hustle, you know, is you, you, when you play music, you really are kind of a cultural ambassador for your experience, which is a lot of different people. And, uh, you know, communication, and, um, you know, so, yeah, so it's disappointing when that kind of
1: stuff happens. Well, uh, Charlie, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time. I understand you're on the way to another gig now, and so you're talking to us while you're in transit, and uh, thanks ah. thanks so much. Um, we it's all good. I appreciate it. We look forward to hearing you at Ron Robinson Theater on November 9th. It's at 7 p.m., and our listeners can get tickets at CALS.org, C-A-L-S.org, through the Central Arkansas Library System. Charlie Hunter, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care and safe travels.
2: Hey, you too. All Thanks right. So much for the good,
1: good. Thank right. you. Bye-bye.
2: Bye.
0: All right, now we're back. We're going to have some recommendations. Um, do you want to go first? Our special guest, Stephen. Hi, everybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow, well, I finally made it to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm Stephen Cook from Arkansas. You're a public radio favorite, and I'm here to talk about there's a re-release of Helen Wolf's 1959 classic, Moaning in the Moonlight, that's uh Going to be released ahead of the 60th anniversary, and it's got classic tracks on there.
1: Great! Where can we find it?
3: Um, at your favorite record stores. Uh, it's being released by Geffen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> but no, there's really some cool tracks on here, y'all. Like the the classic Alan Wolf stuff. He was from uh, around the West Memphis area, but this had songs like 44. I asked for water. She gave me gasoline. Okay. Have you heard of any of these songs before in your oh, life? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're really cool. Smokestack Lightning is a big classic too. Uh, how many more years? Somebody's been walking in my home. It's one of my favorites, but 40, <laughs> 44 is really the best.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us, Stephen.
3: My Kirk. pleasure.
1: Maya, do you have a recommendation?
3: Uh, I do.
0: I'm gonna. I got this recommendation from a friend, Jesse uh, Perrin. And she is really big in the music scene. And she's always promoting different things that are happening uh, both in Little Rock and in Hot Springs. And so this particular event is a show at Vino's Sunday night, the 11th, uh, at 7. And it's Nice Legs, Benadryl, and Sabine Valley.
1: Sabine Valley. Right. Weren't they in the Arkansas times? They were. They were finalists. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And don't quote me on this, but I believe one of these touring bands is actually from out of the country. Uh, I think that was in an email that she sent. Okay, Uh, great. We'll we'll double check that. Great. But yeah, 7 o'clock, Vino's uh, on the 11th. You should be there. And Stephanie, do you have a recommendation?
1: I do. All the signs that the holiday season are kicking into gear are here. I noticed the Christmas tree uh, sale is going up in the lawn in front of the uh, Arkansas School for the Deaf on Markham, right? And uh, Holiday House has descended upon the downtown area, so you are going to need to keep some wine around the house. Uh, Trader Joe's has its two-buck chuck, Food for Less has $3 hauler, and at your friendly neighborhood Kroger, they have Bay Bridge. It is not top-tier wine. It's made in California, but you know what it is? It is $2.99 a bottle, and it is not bad. That's my recommendation. Go find some Bay Bridge at your local Kroger.
0: Awesome. And do you have a move for the week?
1: I do. Uh, So this Sunday, uh, something that's near and dear to us here at the Arkansas Times is happening, and it is a fundraiser for the Arkansas Nonprofit News Network. I'm going to shamelessly promote this event, even though uh, I have the pleasure also of playing in it. Uh, Isaac Alexander is one of my favorite songwriters in Little Rock, and he'll be playing. And uh, we're playing in support of the Arkansas Nonprofit News Network, a nonprofit that seeks to take uh, deeper dives into public interest stories, uh, investigative journalism. You may have read some stories from Benji Hardy and Dave Ramsey over the course of this year on public corruption and education and healthcare. So the nonprofit newswork. And the network is is part of that, and uh, it's also uh, this year part of NewsMatch. So there's a fundraising campaign that matches donations for News Networks dollar for dollar up to a thousand, and then another uh, foundation called the Jonathan Logan Family Foundation is matching uh, Anne's first 5,800 bucks that it raises during the last two months of the year. So our editor Lindsay Miller is at the helm, and uh, basically if you know if the network pulls in 5,800 from supporters for the rest of the year. Those two matching grants will bring their total to $17,400. It costs reporters like Benji and and David and others that report for the nonprofit news network, it it costs money to make that news happen. So if you have enjoyed that reporting, want to see that continue, want to support long-form journalism, uh, believe perhaps that this is a particularly good time To support uh, our free press, Uh, I hope you'll join us Sunday at the Whitewater Tavern, and things kick off at 6 o'clock. That's my move. And also my spiel. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All
0: right. Well, that's it for this week, and we'll be back next week. We'll uh, be
1: back next week. We'll we'll see you next week. Yes. All
0: right. (laughs)